Oklahoma's longest-running pop culture convention is ready to return in 2023. SoonerCon 31 will be held in Norman, Oklahoma on June 30th through July 2nd, 2023. Gaming, cosplay, autographs, and an art auction await. Visit SoonerCon.com for more details. The Hellmouth Convention, where fandoms bleed together. Evoking the center of the mystical convergence, our event includes fandoms and travelers from all over the world. Like the Hellmouth itself, things gravitate toward it that you might not find elsewhere. The celebration is scheduled for June 9th through 11th, 2023 in Los Angeles, California. Go to thehellmouth.org to plan your visit. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Back in episode 76, I spoke with Screaming Chewy, and he and I had a great chat. A lot of it revolved around our similarities as fans, and a lot of it revolved around our differences. Today, he's bringing his colleague on here, Arlene Adriana, and we're going to have a deeper discussion on not just differences in fandoms, but differences in vocation and genres, and even practices when it comes to creativity. Arlene is a singer, and as I've mentioned in some previous episodes, I don't know a whole lot about creating music, so I'm really going to enjoy soaking up the information she has to offer. Let's get started right now. On mic today, we have Chewy coming on back there with his good friend, Arlene Adriana. How are you doing today? What up, I'm bro? doing good. How about yourself? Doing great. So glad to have you both on here. I've been listening to some of your music, Arlene. I really, really dig it. You have a gorgeous voice. Thank you. So I have to think it's got to be tough to start get your start as a musician these days. Yes, it's very hard, um, especially since I'm barely starting. You know, it's barely um, my first single that I made. It's really hard, but I'm willing to put in the work. Because That's I love what it's music. all about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no matter what you do, whether you're writing, whether you're singing, cre- trying to create film or video games, it is a grind, and people do not get that. Yeah, right. it is. People think it's easy, but it's not. It's a I long way. I can't tell you how many people I've seen start a podcast, and they ask me all sorts of questions about you know how to get started, and then like two, three weeks later, they come back and say, "Hey, I started my podcast two weeks ago. Why am I not rich yet?" <laughs> it doesn't work that way <laughs> i know <laughs> you gotta work hard for it <laughs> Fact. me and Chewie were just talking about that yesterday you know it's gonna take time it's it's you know it just doesn't come like that like fast and narlene don't give you know, up she's like she's like if i don't get famous i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life <laughs> you know she she has that drive <laughs> you have a vision well, it's not just about like being famous, you know, it's just like working, doing what you like. And, you know, I love singing and I love music. I just want to like do what I want to do in life, you know, with like just just work in something I like, you know. So when did it grab you? When did you decide this was something that, that meant enough to you you were going to take this path? Well, since I was a child, <laughs> ever since I was a child, I started singing. I love music. I think it all started when I, I watched um, the Selena movie. Um, I would watch it when I was a little kid and I just started loving music and singing and you know my mom would would buy me like her CDs or she would buy me like a karaoke system and I started singing. Um, I've just been singing all my life but I but 
this is like the time that I took it like more serious. Um, you know, like and I officially made a, a single for it. And Selena is a definitely a great choice there because I mean she had a wonderful voice, but yes. there's something about her presence that was almost haunting. It, she was the, wonderful. Mm-hmm. She it's, had the moves. Mm-hmm. Yes, the moves, and she was nice and humbled, and she had a lot of talent. And and I mean, we all know it, we we never got to see the rest of it, but we, we just can't feel like we're haunted by what could have been. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's a part of your the, that chapter is something you could write instead. Yes, that would be a big. Well, my dream would be to you know become international and not just with Spanish, you know, just English music, all type of genres. So you don't feel the need to like stick to one particular genre or, or style because you seem to have a pretty good range. Yeah, I actually like all the styles and all the genres. So I just don't want to stick to just one. You know, I just want to make different type of genres. So should um, Chewy. Uh, <clears throat> I was gonna say you should hear her sing gangster rap music, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know, you don't know till you try. To be fair. Exactly. <laughs> I might try it later on. <laughs> Tupac. <laughs> oh my god. So Chewy, you're um, you and I when we got together. We spent a lot of time talking about you're you're really into horror. You're real. We we talked about. The, the geek stuff we get into. Um, how did you and Arlene start working together? Um, <clears throat> so pretty much I met her through a mutual friend. I used to live with a homie and we'd hang out and party and stuff and, you know, go out to eat and stuff. And me and her got along real well. We got close really fast and became best friends. And she would, you know, she would sing karaoke and stuff. She always wanted to sing. And she's like, you know, I'm like, hey, you ever thought about like recording, like doing covers, just recording, having your stuff out there and put on YouTube or something? And I'm like, you know, I got this equipment, you know, I have a podcast, I have a mic and, you know, I, I could record you. So she's like, yeah. And so she would come over and, you know, I'd put the beat and she would record covers and stuff and <clears throat> we'd save them and, you know, put it here on YouTube here and there. And so that's how it started there. But then I met a mutual friend through Steve Joyner, you know, shout out Steve. You know, that's how we met, you know. Um, so I met, you know, Anthony Quinones, Boricua Posse, and uh, he was looking for a female artist to help him out. And so I introduced him to Arlene. I'm like, yo, I got the perfect girl for you. You know, she's Mexican, but she loves reggaeton and just down his alley, you know. And so he... He actually, <clears throat> shout out to Boricua Pasi, he actually, you know, helped out Arlene make her first song. You know, he was one of the people that, that helped a lot just to get us started, to get her started. Sweet. I, I mean, that's the amazing thing now is that the tools that we put this together with, the microphone I'm seeing in front of you there, these things are so relatively inexpensive that the, the technology is powerful enough that all you have to do is put in the effort and you can get some great results. Back. And Arlene, yes, I'm kind honestly, of... I'll go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I... Um, honestly, this whole part is truly is a whole a uh, big part of this. Um, because I met a lot of people, like he said, I met um Anthony, 
And then um, we also met other other people here in Tucson. Um, we met a friend that has an, uh, a recording studio and you know they, be ha they have been helping out a lot as well. Um, so shout out to Johnny Arson and, and Casio Abri. I find it interesting that you uh, made such a hit at karaoke, not because you don't have a lot of talent, but because people like me yeah. who don't have a lot of talent enjoy karaoke <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> I, I can't sing whatsoever, but I have a good time. And a lot of times singers will be down on the experience just because of that, that, you know, people, anybody who has a couple drinks in them will go to get up and do it. It's like, no, no, that some good people actually will do it too. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a very fun experience um me and chewie go all the time to karaoke we go you know we go out for drinks and do karaoke at several places so it's still really fun i, I even have chewie do karaoke as well <laughs> he doesn't sing i can see that uh, i'll be that guy i'll be that guy Aaron. i'll sing either sing that song tequila or gangster's paradise <laughs> well tequila is great because there's only two words yeah it's, it's like just so one easy. word and it's twice right <laughs> I'm like, no pressure. Don't mess this up. Don't mess it up. <laughs> there was that one time I just completely destroyed my voice one night. I mean, I, I could feel oh. my throat literally bleeding after singing so much. And I had one more slot to go that evening before I quit. <laughs> and and the, the DJ, because there was nobody else there, he's like, you can do whatever you want. And so I just picked, said, I said, pick a song you couldn't possibly pull off. That is so far from what you could do. It'll just be funny. So I picked For Your Eyes Only by Sheena Easton, <laughs> which is like a, a song that is so high that like Celine Dion would look at that and say, damn, no way. Okay. <laughs> and I swear to you, it must have just been because my throat was torn up. I got up there and completely nailed it. Oh, it wow. was perfect and I could never repeat it it will never happen again <laughs> but sometimes that magic just happens back, it just back happens the right so you guys just hit the pubs now and then and, and just hit these kind of spots yeah we actually have a friend we have like two friends that do karaoke at different bars so sometimes we hit them up or we just show up over there and you know just just have a good time. But when it comes to maybe strategizing where you want to take your singing and, and what audiences you want to get in front of, uh, is that something you have a, a path on that? Do you have some local spots that you're hitting in the area? Uh, for, for right now, my only plan is just, you know, to continue and make more music. Like I said, I'm going to make up type, all types of genre. I'm thinking maybe my next single maybe would be um, like an English song um so that's that's really just my plan for right now you know just just putting my music out there and you know have people listen to it and, and get to know me um and then in the meantime also perform at different um you know different type of shows events here in in our city just in the meantime you know just see what happens later if maybe i get known or someone sees my music and just that's pretty much it for right now she actually sang at her first uh, show recently. Last here at Thursday, the Rock. right? Yeah. And um, you couldn't even tell it was her first performance, bro. She's fucking rocked it. Like, she was born for this. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, because this is where my head goes right away. Have you thought of doing, like, music for independent films? 
Yeah, that could that, possibly. Yeah, I would. I would like to do that because yeah. that would be like it's accessible. They usually need decent talent, and, and and that's where I see a lot of indie films fail. Is they're like they try to skimp on the music because they think they can't mm-hmm. afford somebody great, but you know sometimes somebody who's willing to just put in a, a, a little call it a gift or or that that could be a good way to do it. Smart yeah, this is amazing. But I just like indie film in general, so I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> I is there a certain um is when you I what was your first experience like going to a concert? To a concert, like mm-hmm. performing or yeah. uh well I was really nervous. Um I'm not gonna lie. It's just um you know, like the adrenaline and just feeling nervous. Um, but once I get on stage, you know, once I get on stage, I, I forget about everything. And like Chewy said, it doesn't seem like I was nervous because I forget right. about everything. Once the music starts, I just completely like shut it down. And that's where I was going with that is that Chewy was just saying that you couldn't tell it was your first experience. You couldn't tell that you you hadn't done that. You just, you hit it and and you knew the moves, you knew the steps to make, and you just hit that mindset. Yeah, and I actually just had a, a second show last um, last Thursday for the Day of the Dead. Um, you know, I was still nervous. It's always, I'm always going to be nervous, you know, going to a show. But but like I said, once the music starts, I forget about everything and, you know, just just perform. That's and something tequila. I... <laughs> and yeah, tequila. Shout out tequila mm-hmm. before. <laughs> just one? Just one, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's something I hear a lot of people say, and I like to, to bring this out to almost anybody is that they think that stage fright goes away at some point and for some people it does but for the vast majority of performers i've talked to they're like no you still get a minute or two of it every time even if you've been doing it for 20 years it's still you have that moment where you're like oh wow exactly i i feel like i'm gonna be nervous all the time (laughs) but it goes away it just lasts like a minute or and then just goes away Mm mm-hmm you learn to accept it and maybe even drive a little bit of inertia from it. Yeah. And that takes a, a lot of convincing yourself that you did find the last 78 times you went on that stage. This one's not going to be the difference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what kind of tequila you drink? Mm, I'm more into Don Julio. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's bougie good stuff <laughs> no i just what? like to drink tequila before you know just to like warm up and you know for my voice kind of soothe the tube a little bit there yeah i honestly i will take it when i'm having a chronic cough especially if i have allergies because sometimes that. Uh, yeah it just it, it, it kind of numbs things and sometimes i want to be numb in other ways and that helps that too <laughs> It yes. heals the internal wounds. <laughs> or if you want to have a good time, you know, just take a few shots. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I will sometimes, I, a few, I'll just pour a nice glass and sip on it instead of doing individual shots. That way I just kind of don't have to keep going back. And the only time I've ever regretted it was when I want to drink Jose. I, I don't do Jose anymore. Jose Cuervo? Yeah. Oh my God. No. And no, Chewy no, no, makes no. me drink that all the time. It's so strong. Dude, I thought you liked this girl. Come on, man. But it's the <laughs> but it's the silver one. You know, it's the okay. silver. Are you talking about the gold one? Yeah. Or oh yeah, I tried that one too. I'm like, 
no, yeah. no. That the uh, my Patron is kind of my go-to. It's like it's not nice. the best, but it's like it's everywhere. Everybody has it. I used to like Patron a lot. I mean, I still do, but um, I started drinking Don Julio, and oh my god, it's it's just really good. It's just way smoother. Mm-hmm. I recently found one called Villa One, which I don't find everywhere, and that's that's been pretty tasty. I never heard of that one, but was I, it good? It was good, and I wasn't expecting much because it wasn't like super expensive, but it was different. So I was gave it, it a silver? Or? It was a, it was a gold. A gold. Oh. Mm-hmm. I I usually don't tend for the darker ones if I have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> but I hey, I just I'm not not trying to talk to turn this into a booze cast, but hmm, sometimes. Hey, we're getting to know each other, man. It's you know. <laughs> I saw. I mean, we talked about snacks before. I don't know if you showed up with any of those. Or he's like, I got uh, some right here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. I'm just having water for now. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But there are some casts where people will just like, you know, you have to have two two beers before you even start. And while I'm not opposed to that, I don't want people to feel obligated to that because that that sets a bad precedent for some types of audiences. Yeah. I just want people to come on and have a good time and feel like they can just talk about what means a lot to them. Sometimes I'll have Arlene on and uh, I call these segments <laughs> Friday Night Funkery. Mm-hmm. And so it's off from my usual show, right? Like it's not an interview or, you know, a, a certain topic. Like we'll just have Arlene and certain friends on and we're drinking and it gets pretty wild sometimes. <laughs> and bet. And you know, because those friends might have had a few in them before they even showed up. Facts. You know, yeah, 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 I think they did. <laughs> like we were talking, Chewie and I, you and I were talking about getting together at an event at some point and, and you know, finding a, a nice pub and, and having a dinner. And it's like, once that conversation gets rolling, and that's the best thing about those kinds <laughs> of get-togethers is that you just want to sit down there and pick the other person's brain. Yes. Really. Chewie does that a lot. <laughs> it can't help it it can't help it like I, I mean you talk so much about horror movies and podcasting and sci-fi and then i turn out you're you're a music scout as well or scout talent whatever term you want to use there had no idea yeah you know just um you know just go with the flow man you know that's <laughs> what it's all about these days because you have to have a talent stack of things that you you can good be good at, apply that to other things, maybe help some people out. You know, it's teamwork, you know what I mean? You make some mm-hmm. make some connections, some relationships and networking and mm-hmm. you know, you can go a long way with a team, you know. You mm-hmm. can do it by yourself, but you have a team, you know, you help each other out. Some people are better at this, some people are better at marketing, some people are better at talking and you know, and you all help each other out, man. And, you know, you build each other up. And um, and on a side note, Arlene also loves horror movies. Yes, I love horror movies. <laughs> I think that's why we're best friends. <laughs> Fair enough. We, we watch horror movies all the time. Yes. So do you, horror and thriller. Do you have a, a one that you kind of gleamed on as being the one that you, you two dig the most? Maybe it's a deep cut that your friends don't necessarily get? Mm, not necessarily. We Well, I don't have a favorite one, but um, 
there is this movie that just came out this year that's one of my favorites for now. It's called Barbarian. Chewie mm-hmm. also enjoyed that movie. It had a that really was, good story. It's really good. It's really good. So what grabbed you about that? Um, well, it's, it's just different than other horror movies. You know, it has like a different story. And it has like a plot twist. Yeah, it had I, mean, a I don't want to say story. too much about it, so I don't Fair like enough. spoil it for some. <laughs> I mean, I probably won't see it anytime soon, so you wouldn't be spoiling it for me, but somebody in the audience who I know have a lot of our horror fans listening, <laughs> I don't want to do that to them. I'm not in the business of giving out spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know a lot of my friends will be like, for example, there's that movie that you get and your friend gets and everybody else says you're crazy about it. Um. Super Mario Brothers, great example. I love it, and like three of my friends do, and everybody else thinks that we're all nuts. I never seen it, but I saw there's a trailer for a new one coming out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be the good one. Yeah, it looks really good. <laughs> the actual Mario one? <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the one from way back when with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Yeah, yeah. My boyfriend told me about it because we were watching, we went to the movies and we saw the trailer and then he's like, did you know there's already another movie already like from before? And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. He's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. It is. It is cool. I would always just say you have to kind of forget it's a Mario movie and just pretend it's a sci-fi movie. (laughs) True. (laughs) Cyberpunk-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it, Chewie? Yeah, yeah, I seen it as a kid. I'm old, uh, Arlene. <laughs> You're old, I'm right. gonna have to watch it. <laughs> but I'm just saying that you have those moments where you make a connection with somebody on the weird stuff, and you and Chewie are both the types of people who like the deep cuts. Yes. Like I, I told Chewie that the one of the few horror movies I really liked a lot and have seen multiple times is the original Halloween, and his eyes got like dinner plates. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Bro, look. I got them tattooed so, on my With hand. the white one, right? With the white mask and uh-huh. like the very, very uh, first mask. Like 78 or something like that. I don't yeah. know my years on those. I love Halloween movies. The William Shatner mask. Mm-hmm. White. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one you showed me that they just like painted it mm-hmm. white? <laughs> Yo, I was telling her about that recently that uh, they had a low budget. So for that movie, they got a William Shatner mask painted white and messed up his hair. (laughs) And one has to ask if that was the only mask they had handy or if somebody made a creative choice. It's like, should we go with Frankenstein or Shatner? We're going to go with Shatner. (laughs) For real. (laughs) It worked. I mean, the effect was pretty profound and you don't necessarily know it's a Shatner mask unless you really are looking for it. Because it wasn't that good of a mask, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody don't tell you, like, you can't really tell. You know, you can't see it. Yeah, I didn't know. I think that mask is the best. And then also the, was it the 2007 the with the zombie, with Rob Zombie movies? That mm. mask was also good. Haven't seen I that. I love that movie, too. I like that movie a lot. I hear a lot of people. Horror fans don't care for that one. It's it's, def- it's very divisive. Am I right on that? I like it because I mean it just explains more. I think you know when she was when he was a child and I I like it. 
Not the second one, though. The second one he made, no, they completely changed the story. Okay. Yeah. People either love it or hate it. You're right. Yeah. Because um, he did, you know, like Arlene said, he took a different take on it. He kind of went into depth a little bit more of like the childhood. Yeah. But yeah, some people love it, some people hate it. There's no in between with that movie. Okay, I'm going to throw this question at both of you here because I, a lot of times when I like horror, I like it because I don't quite know what's going on and I can back this up. But you saying you like this because they explain so much. Do you think that's consistent with the what you like in horror movies or is this just this one movie that makes you feel that way? For me, I think it was just this one movie because it explained how, because, you know, there's always that psycho killer. There's always that question between nurture and nature. And this shows yeah. kind of both, right? Like, he was fucked up as a kid, but his family was fucked up, too. Like, they kind of created this monster. Like, he was already there, but, like, they brought yeah. this monster to life. Arlene, what do you say? I would say the same because, you know, it's Michael Myers. Like, who doesn't want to know more about him? Like, how he started killing and, you know, how how he got like that. So that's what I really like that it, it really explained everything like through the whole process from the childhood all the way until you know he was Michael Myers and like I the example I was thinking of in the back of my head was the Heath Ledger version of Joker from Dark Knight which granted is not strictly a horror movie per se yeah but what I found fascinating was that that was a version of the Joker where he had no backstory they deliberately took that away from him Every time he talked about how he came to be, he gave a different story that contradicted each other. So, so he really could be the guy next door. And that's yeah. what I found terrifying. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So you find it more terrifying when you don't know, like, like the backstory, you don't when, know exactly. When, when you realize that they're deliberately take, making this guy somebody who could literally be next to you and you don't know it, and yeah. yet he's, he's a psychopathic killer, and you have to wonder who next to me is also a psychopathic killer that I don't know about. I'm not even scared of the Joker anymore. I'm scared of the guy that I don't know about. And in the world we have today, yes. you're always wondering, man, situational awareness is definitely a thing. That's very, very true. That's very true. <laughs> but so that, that's just my example there. And I'm not generally a guy who watches movies to be scared, but when one does it for me, I dig it. What's so a movie that... That scared you, like that terrified you. Right. Oh, that's a good one. Like that genuinely. You know, I'm gonna pick a. Hmm. There were a couple I watched back in the 2000s that that definitely got under my skin. There. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. It was a. It was a, a vampire movie. It was, it was, oh man, I can't remember the name of it now, but it, it did get under my skin. Um, there's, Chewie, were we uh, talking about a, a, a Nosferatu movie when we got together last time? Yes, yes, the old school vampire, yes. Yeah, there was a movie, and this didn't scare me, but it creeped me out, and I'm going to run with that. Um, there was a movie that was a mockumentary on the making of Nosferatu that was really cool 
it was the idea was they told the story of what would happen if the guy that played Count Orlock actually was a vampire and they didn't want the filming crew to know about it. So this dude is running around like trying to kill the crew while they're filming the movie and the, the producer's like the only one who actually knows about it. He's trying to keep them under wraps. It was exceptionally good. But it was also creepy because the dude had that look of like, no, he's actually a vampire. This is If it was trying to hide, that's oh. what he would look like. I definitely got to watch that. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and just look it up now because I feel like I've talked brought this up on the show before and I should put it in the show notes. <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, oh. and and as for getting under my skin, mm, you know, tragic movies tend to get under my skin a lot because I, I just get this feeling of like being forlorn that this stuff can actually happen. Yeah. Through yeah. life. Yeah. Through the life stuff. And yeah, it's a more definitely more of a sci-fi fantasy guy for that reason. As a kid, <clears throat> that movie The Fly scared the shit out of me. The Fly? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if we're talking being <laughs> kids here, the remake of The Blob from like 1987 completely traumatized me. <laughs> I wouldn't count it now because if I saw it again, really wouldn't be a big deal. But at like six years old, uh, yeah, scarred me. I was really scared of... Uh... Jeepers Creepers <laughs> when I was a kid. You know, the oh, first yeah. one? Mm-hmm, Have you mm-hmm. seen Jeepers Creepers? Oh my God. Yeah. It was just Last really week. creepy. When the bodies are sewn up on the walls. Yes. Would you guys enter the human centipede? I saw nope. it. Nope. But nope. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. When I saw that movie, I was like, oh my God. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, the most diehard horror fans I know were just noping out of that one, and I, I was like, "Why is this the step too far?" Oh no! <laughs> Have you seen all of them? No, I haven't seen any of them. I, I was, I was quite happy to read the back of the box and put it on the I was shelf. Like, no, I think I only seen you know, the first and second, but yeah, they were kind of like, I don't know, they were just kind of disturbing um, to me. Fun fact. The second one, they had to make it in black and white because of the rating. So it was gory up to the point where they said, okay, there's too much blood and gore and grossness. And you guys have to take it off or do something about it. So they made the movie black and white to leave those scenes in there. Really? Is that why? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I take it. I, I just found the movie that I was looking for called Shadow of the Vampire from 2000. Okay. I've got to look this one up again because I re- remember really thinking it was fun. I need to watch it. We have to check that out. Yeah. Cool, cool. Hey, we can just have a movie night or something. Yes. yes. <laughs> you, you just find some horror movie that you don't think I would dig and just force me to watch it and say, hey, man, this is why this is cool. And I'll be like, all right, all right. Get a pizza, we'll call it say, good. I say, uh, I say we all do that. You know, find a movie that one of us might be that haven't seen, and then we'll watch it. Because yes, <clears throat> sharing these experiences, I I find it I find it fun to share something I really like with somebody else, and then see their reaction to it. Sometimes mm-hmm. 
<laughs> especially something that maybe you've seen like 30 times and you know what's coming and you you want to get that idea of, of what it's like to go through it the very first time again no chasing that first high mm-hmm. i'm just kidding <laughs> well you're not wrong I mean, it's, it's like you only get to know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father once. Once that mm. reveal is gone, it's gone. Spoiler, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> 40 years later. <laughs> okay, yeah, but uh, seriously, guys, Arlene, um, I see that you've been on Shui's show. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to put that and your music and YouTube videos in the show notes of this episode on my website, AaronBosick.com. Um, I'm going to put in anything else I can get there so people can follow your adventures on the web and follow your career. Are there social media links you'd like me to drop in there or a website? Uh, Yeah, I can send you a few links. Okay, please do. And I'll make sure that all gets put in there. Okay, yeah. And I'll also include links to Chewy's show too and his previous episode. And we'll, we'll just kind of make a running list of times we talk to each other. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, guys, I want to thank you both so much for being here. I've had a great time, and I'm looking forward to listening to more of your music. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. I had a really great time as well. Likewise. Have yourselves a great weekend. Thank you as well. I would like to thank Chewy and Arlene for being my guests today, and I would like to thank you for listening. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know that I partner and collaborate with the Sci-Fi Coffee Company to help raise the visibility for new artists and new creators. But one thing I want to raise the visibility on right now is a very time-sensitive giveaway. If you enter the Sci-Fi Coffee Company's contest at sci-fi-coffee.com, you have the option to get free coffee for a year. That's over $240 worth of coffee. All you have to do is sign up and enter, no purchase necessary. If you do feel like making a purchase, you can get 10% off your order by entering the coupon code HUNGRY, as in Hungry Trilobite. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GoodPod, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.